Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now, on to the show. Carmen, what are you doing here? <laughs> Who invited her? I mean, we invited her, but we have no idea what's about to go down. And, and I want to say this for listeners. This is really exciting for us, Karen and I. Um, you are such a trusted guest on top of a trusted friend, but a trusted guest that we didn't ask for a topic. We didn't ask for an outline. We asked for nothing and said like, hey, do you want to like come talk to us again? And you said yes. <laughs> and we just want everybody to know who's listening to Coffee with the Sarlows that Carmen is doing a Sips of Sanity series with us for five shows. One free on YouTube, four on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Yeah. And those aired earlier this month. Right. So for those people who don't know you, why don't you tell us about who you are and Horse Sense North? And then we'll get into your content. Would love that. So hello, listeners. My name is Carmen Theobald, and I am so lucky to have these two amazing humans, Karen mm. and Kelly, in my life. Mm. Um, they've both been a huge part of my life in lots of different ways, as friends, as professionals, having my own personal sessions, um, in all kinds of ways. And this is important for me to be here today because um, I, I just have so many things that I love sharing with them as individual humans and it's really neat to have this chance to share some of the updates about what's been going on with Horse Sense North on this platform um, 
uh, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. Yay. And I've been on the podcast a few times before. Um, so some of the things that I'm going to be sharing might be little follow-ups if you've listened to any of our shows before. Um, but if not, I'm sure it'll be easy to follow along. I'll do my best to give a kind of bigger context. So part of that bigger context is that I'll share a bit about what Horse Sense North is and what I do. I wear a couple of different hats in my life as a professional. One of them is I'm a farrier. So I take care of horses' hooves. I've been uh, looking after horses' feet for over 12 years. I travel from farm to farm all over Ontario, working with thousands of horses um, with all kinds of different personalities and backgrounds and needs. And they are truly my greatest teachers. I am grateful for each one of them, even when it's really hard. Sometimes my job is really intense and really hard, but they are always teaching me something really, really important. And I've woven in a lot of those learnings and mixed it with some of the education I've received with Linda Kohanov in Arizona. I'm an advanced Eponequest instructor, which is basically meaning that um, I've done a lot of training to be able to work with horses and humans and kind of bridge some of the worlds, if you will, so that I can take some horse wisdom and horse medicine and put that into our human lives. So whether that's helping people develop their leadership skills, whether that's teams or organizations um, or individuals wanting to really kind of bolster some of their um, leadership abilities and approach it with some horse sense, as I say, mm-hmm. or with our personal growth and self-care or healing work, um, whether, again, that's an individual or in a group setting. So really trying to give some horse sense to all parts of our human lives. And I think about horse sense as meaning connection, clarity, and courage. So really, how are we infusing our worlds with these gifts that the horses can teach us so well? Love it. Carmen, can I ask you about the North part of your business name? Because I don't know that I've actually ever asked you this. I understand the horse sense. Is this because we are North? Or is this because like North Star, you're giving direction kind of thing? I'd say both. Okay. Yeah, I really had that in mind and in my heart when I put the name together. Beautiful. I think there's a lot of gifts that the North can give us, and I feel incredibly privileged and lucky to live in the North as well, so it seems fitting. Beautiful. I was recently with someone who's from Iqaluit, and when I said down south, they thought I meant South America, and they went, oh, you mean Ontario. And I went, <laughs> right, and she went, yeah, you're not North. And I was like, oh, okay, the perspective. Right. <laughs> so I, I, that's why I said I thought, oh, because you're further south than we are actually. Um, so I, I wasn't too sure there. But I love the, the compass that you've got in your logo, the directional feel. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. <laughs> Horse sense, Kelly? Yeah, I'm Good getting one. it. I'm getting it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> so before I jump in, I also want to thank you both for your trust. It's really fun, as you listeners heard Karen and Kelly have no idea what I'm about to be chatting with you all about. So that's a big deal for me as well, mm-hmm. that you're willing to open that door. And um, and I really do want to be here to share some of the amazing things that have been happening and some updates about our horse herd to um, let you all know about our growing family and some of the learnings that I've had through that process. 
Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. I think this is probably a really great time then to tell people, you know, if you need to hit the pause button and go back and listen mm. to Carmen's shows in Coffee with the Sarlos, get it done. It's so good. They're heartwarming, a little heart-wrenching, so be prepared mm. with your Kleenex. Um, but these updates will be far more meaningful to you if, if you haven't heard them yet. Yeah. And if you don't want to have a lot of homework, I'll do my best to yeah. make this one as accessible and digestible as possible as a standalone. Perfect. Okay. So part of why I was so quick to agree to come back on the podcast without a clear or direct plan is because in one of my not so distant personal sessions with you, Karen, oh. you shared with me that the guys said I need to do another podcast. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Well, then well done. (laughs) Good for you for listening. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that. Also woven in to whether it was that session or a similar one, um, were some important messages from Spring. And Spring is a miniature horse that we had adopted and unfortunately had to put her down. But she's got a really beautiful and important story that supports all the work we continue to do. And her spirit continues to support what we're doing. So when I've connected with you, she always seems to come in in some way, shape, or form. And part of her messages uh, in our recent conversations in session, which I'm sure you don't remember. No, I don't. (laughs) I I expected that. No problem. Yep, we all did. (laughs) Uh, Spring has really been working her little butt off to bring other things together, whether that's aligning circumstances or drawing spirits toward what we're doing with Horse Sense North to create more growth and healing opportunities in the world. Oh, Of course she is. Yeah, that sounds like (laughs) spring. Yeah. And she actually really helped me put this podcast together. So one of the other things that I've done a lot of work on within myself and my own self-work journey and growth and learning is my own journey and work. So again, thank you to Mm. both of you for helping me with that. And it's now such a big part of my life and my world that it really guides much of what I do with Horse Sense North Mm. and is an important piece of how I actually work as a facilitator. Mm -hmm. Well, good for you for incorporating it into, pardon me, incorporating and like infusing it into all different areas of your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. That w- that is the purpose of journeying. Mm-hmm. It like we are not supposed to just do a journey for the sake of laying down and seeing or hearing or feeling things. It's actually very much to be incorporated into everything we do at work, at home, friendships, and all aspects of our lives. Yeah. Can I share an example of how that weaves in yeah. and actually facilitating? No. <laughs> <laughs> Would we have invited you back? True. Okay. (laughs) Please go ahead. So I think about moments where, and actually this is something Spring helped me articulate through one of the sessions with you. I was already doing it, but she helped me put it into words through you, where I'll be facilitating a session, meaning, and I I often work with groups. I, I don't only, but I do a lot of group work. And I'll have people in the space that we do our workshops and they're separated by a fence from the one person having their session with one horse. So it's kind of a big area 
that has that horse part. And then there's a little section for us humans to be watching and learning and processing and discussing before, during, after kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as a facilitator, um, that's a lot of energies and beings to kind of navigate. Mm-hmm. I do have help. I'm not doing it alone. I mean, in the human world, in this reality, um, I have amazing people I work with. My partner, Aquila, he is an amazing chef and feeds us nutritious and delicious food and helps with the horses. And I've had a couple of amazing co-facilitators this season who are just beautiful parts of our Horse Sense North team. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like it's a lot of energies to be navigating, which is part of why I love it. I yeah. love the challenge yeah. and what I learned through that process. But a huge part, in addition to all of that, is developing my connection, even if it's soft and quiet, to the spirit world. So that as I'm there facilitating a person's experience with the horse, I'm really connecting as much as I can to my own guides, to the horse's guides, to the person's guides, to the energy and spirits and everything going on for the entire group, as well as what we're all putting and creating together energetically. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I'm watching a horse and a person go through some kind of learning experience together, it's really tough to know when to keep my mouth shut, when to step in, and when to do something completely different. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So sometimes I find myself sitting there watching And if I'm just looking through my human lenses, even with all the horse experience I'm coming from, I would interpret it really incorrectly. But sometimes I'll be watching and maybe see some things that others might think are a red flag or some kind of concern. But I hear, wait, Mm -hmm. stop, don't move. And I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know really what's going on, but I know I better fucking listen. (laughs) That's yes, cool. you're yeah. reflecting our lives back to us. Yes, you are. <laughs> so kudos. Again, you, you speak our language. Right. <laughs> Which is why I'm so grateful to have both of you in my life, because I mm-hmm. know how important that piece is, all of those pieces are, to really providing the best experiences possible so people can get the most growth, healing, learning, transformation through these experiences. Mm-hmm. And I want to let Listeners know and let you guys know, we had such an amazing, amazing season that I really give a lot of credit to Spring and all the other beings. Mm -hmm. We did over 32 days of workshops this season. We had over 80 people come through the farm, sometimes for a single session, sometimes for two-day workshops, sometimes for multiple workshops. And to see our herd stepping into Mm -hmm. their roles as healers and teachers no matter if someone's coming for a work leadership um, experience or, you know, something else, it's all connected to that. I don't think we can come to um, grow in a work context without growing in every other context too. Mm -hmm. And that's where the horses are so gifted at breaking down any perceived um, lines we might be drawing in our own minds about, well, I can be a better person here. But it doesn't apply there. And they're going, (laughs) I have things to teach you. (laughs) (laughs) But they do it in such an amazing way that for me to watch them is a true gift. Mm 
So to be witnessing our herd growing their capacity to do this work and to really be trusting that process more and more allows me to trust the process and grow my own capacity more as well. So it's just been an incredible experience. We've had uh, two different organizations who are primary healthcare teams and primary healthcare providers, um, some interprofessional teams who have come through, as well as individuals from different backgrounds. And I, I really know that this is not what marketing people teach you, but I, I, don't, I can't think of a single person or background that w- doesn't get something incredibly meaningful and important mm-hmm. from these experiences with the horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, ch- you're changing someone in their being. So to look at someone who's in marketing and advertising and say, yeah, I'll pick this niche group. It's like, but but I'm changing people's beings. That's their DNA. It's their belief system. It's all of the roots that exist within us. They don't know how to handle that. Their their boxes are too small. <laughs> That's right. Mm. That's why the horses come over and go. Let me stomp on your box for you. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you small-minded human. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as spring and other. Parts of my awareness uh, continue to grow, and I'll say spring grows, but really it's my awareness of her grows. Um, I've been doing my best to stay open to all the different opportunities and things that life is throwing my way um, that are really also stretching me and stretching my own, you know, capacity of what I can handle. And part of that has been the integration of a new herd member, and her name is Two Moons. Mm-hmm. So for listeners who haven't heard any of the stories before, we have five horses now at the farm. We have Grace, who's like the matriarch of the herd. We really think of her as an elder, and she, mm-hmm. she is. She's so wise, and she lets me know when she has things that she definitely wants to teach and work with people. In some workshops, she's like, no, no, I, I don't need to be involved. But when she wants to be, she's so clear there's no mistaking it. She says, I am working. I have things to do. And sometimes she'll walk in the doors and people who have been stoic probably most of their lives and shut off their emotions maybe have just burst into tears just from her walking through the doors. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you don't have to worry if you end up coming, you're not going to mm-hmm. burst into tears. But it was a really important thing for each one of those people who it happened mm-hmm. to. And these things don't happen to us until we're ready. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right? And we might be upset that we're crying, but that doesn't mean that our being wasn't ready for the experience. That's right. Nicely said. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grace is also Carmen's like soulmate, so we've left that part out so far. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Grace is, um, yeah, she's my, my heart, horse heart, my heart horse, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. She is an extension of my heart, and uh, I feel like... I'm that of hers. It's a love affair. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and any animal lover understands this, or anyone, I should say, who is fortunate enough to have found their soulmate in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean the real, true essence of what a soulmate is knows what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm sharing those pieces. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm touching Karen right now. That's sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So beautiful to witness in others. Yeah, and, and I think really beautiful to see sometimes it's partners, sometimes it's siblings, mm-hmm. sometimes it's yeah. our pets, um, you know, all shapes and forms. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
So sharing that piece about grace, um, just to really exemplify what a powerful mover of energy she is. And she does that not only with the humans, but the horses. So she really is the matriarch of the whole herd, whether she's on this side of the fence or the other. The other members of the herd, there's Atticus, who is um, very fiery and spirited, and he does very important work with people over the fence. Okay. (laughs) He doesn't work with people usually, unless they have a lot of experience. But he volunteers every time, so... (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I love it. I tell him, they're just not quite ready for you yet, but Mm -hmm. one day. And sometimes he gets an opportunity and he just totally shines. Mm Mm-hmm. We also have Flurry. Flurry is, uh, we call him the master of subtlety. He is such a kind-hearted being with a lot going on under the surface and a lot that he wants to teach and share, and he does it so eloquently and gently, but also powerfully. Mm-hmm. Peyote, if anyone listened to the most recent podcast that I ended up doing with Karen and Kelly, um, was a new herd member that arrived this past winter. So we're up, we're coming up on a year in, at the end of January. And Peyote is, I, I, she's so amazing. She's complex. She is wise beyond her years and also youthful and spirited and cheeky, but in all the best kind of ways. Mm -hmm. She also navigates quite a bit of anxiety. And that's Mm. been something that we've really worked on with her so that she could shed some of those layers and really step into her role as a teacher before we expected her to be ready. But she showed us very quickly that she was willing, ready, and able to step into that role and very much wanted to. Cool. So she's had some amazing experiences Mm. working with people this year as well. Now, two moons, she is a pony who's four years old. And I have to preface this next piece by saying, anytime we've integrated a new herd member, one of you has been first on my call list. This time, it was so clear that I heard, I think, also Spring nudging me forward And it was just an obvious, yes, it's time for two moons to come. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always an easy transition, but I was prepared for that part. So when she first came, Peyote, who's a similar age to her, I think had a lot of jealousy and was feeling threatened by this new arrival. So we had to do certain things to ease the transition and keep all the herd members safe. Mm -hmm. But since that beginning first stage, Peyote and Two Moons are like sisters, Hmm. sometimes bickering a little, but really close and helpful to each other. Mm -hmm. Grace really acting as the grandmother, able to take a step back where Peyote tries to teach Two Moons. Two Moons does her own thing. (laughs) (laughs) And Grace will step in when it's absolutely necessary. Cool. Huh. Yeah. That's very cool. It's super cool. I want to share more about Two Moons, and this was really my full intention of coming today, and what I really want to be communicating is a little bit more of her story, because I think 
she's just got so much to share. Even if she's not quite there to do all the different activities with people who come through yet, as she's still in her early stages of learning and growth with us. Plus, she's young. Mm -hmm. But she did step into some of those roles this summer in her own unique ways, where she was perfectly suited for those specific specific things. But her personality and also some of her history, I think, is really important to share with you and Mm. with the listeners. Okay. Okay. So Two Moons is a great example of a being that blows apart false narratives. Ooh, okay. Not only in her actions and personality, which I'll talk about soon, but in her genetics. There's a false narrative in the horse world that the horses here in North America, and actually all the Americas, really only came to be when the Spanish brought horses over with contact. I put that in quotes, right? Okay. So when that narrative was created, I don't even know when that would have been, but it's taken on a huge life force. And I think it's just another aspect of um, perpetuating lies and violence against the Indigenous peoples who are already here. Interesting. Can we time out for a second? Yes. Okay. So my question, because this is all very brand new to me, and I also suck at geography, so could we just be kind to Kelly here? Of course. Thank you. Um, would this be a situation of where certain wars were won and then the story got told by the winners of those wars oh. kind of thing? Is that what we're talking about when you say the narrative that keeps going? Yeah. And I think that narrative has been created by um, colonizers. Right. Mm. Right. Okay. So I'm not going to go into all the histories of that because that's not my place to do so, but I think we can understand it and especially paying attention to what's been going on in the news lately, hopefully waking some people up to what's been going on for a very long time, how there's been truly a genocide going on. Mm -hmm. And this aspect of it with the horses is just another piece where indigenous peoples in North America and all over Turtle Island, had horses for who knows how long, as long as time has existed with people here. And so this narrative is erasing their identity. That's right. Holy man. Keep okay, going. Um, I need clarity. Um, so I'm just going to back it up for just a second. Yes. I was not aware of this. Mm-hmm. So there is a story that... Um, People from Europe brought horses over here, but the truth is is that horses were here and that indigenous people knew that and had a relationship with them. This is Columbus all over again. Karen. Oh, for crying out loud. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, I, did, not, horses, right? I did not realize that that incorporated a story about the horses. I would now see, I didn't know that story. I've come from the position or maybe just the assumption that... In my, in my small Karen world, that indigenous people were here way before Jesus, way, way or even arrived on this planet, were already here on this continent. If he was real, it, yeah. If in fact he was real, and there there's another story. But anyway, so I thought indigenous people were already here, already knew the land, already had horses, were familiar, not just familiar with, they live in connection with. All of that. So to hear this in this podcast is a little bit off-putting for me 
because it, and it angers me because it's like who the hell would have believed that story? It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, and your anger is completely right. We should mm-hmm. be angry about these things, and it's a completely bullshit story that's been circulating for hundreds of years. I don't actually know for sure hundreds of years, but at least the whole time that I've been in the horse world, this has been spoken to me like a truth that, you know, sometimes people weave in, well, the horses that were here at one point died off and oh. then they were brought back over by, by the Spanish. So this is to disrespect indigenous people. Exactly. It is to say that they didn't have the knowledge or the connection and it, it is to um, put them down. Right. That's that is purposeful maliciousness, and an actual genocide against the horses that were part of their communities. Because yeah. many of the horses that were part of different communities, and I'll speak specifically about um, Ojibwe spirit horses, which is what Two Moons is, um, were rounded up and slaughtered. They were oh put to work because they're incredibly um, hardworking, but uh, and strong, and you know all kinds of amazing qualities to them. Um, so they were, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, totally take advantage of, taken advantage for those things and then killed off to try to perpetuate the, um, the genocide that's been going on in a different way. So the genocide wasn't just against the indigenous people, but things connected to them. Okay. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, and to add to it, the horses or ponies that were left living and rescued, and there's some amazing stories that you could look up to learn more about them, um, not just Ojibwe spirit horses, but horses all over that are actually uh, indigenous to this land. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that did survive were discounted, and it was... Um, really fought back against that their genes were actually from here. So it's only in the last two or three years that finally they are an official breed with their genetics proven to be from here originally. So Two Moons is an embodiment of the story where she is actually an Ojibwe spirit pony. She's a registered uh, pony with this history And it's really special that we get to know her through her living with us Mm -hmm. and her becoming part of our family in this way. I'm I'm so glad that she found your farm, that she found Mm -hmm. you. And And I hope it's okay, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, to say this. You do so much work with Indigenous communities to help um, change the narrative mm-hmm. within their own cultures and communities and also to facilitate healing with the horses as well. So it just sounds like Two Moons is in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. So Carmen, before you move on with your story, um, uh, this is something that is new. Obviously, you've seen my reaction today that I had no idea about this. And I like researching things. I like education and knowing better so that after I'm through, or maybe I'm never through with my anger, maybe I won't get over being angry about that, but I certainly know how to take steps and use my anger to do something about it. So would I Google um, Ojibwe spirit horses to understand their um, what certain people have done to them? and what's being changed and how it's going forward? 
Yes. Okay, so thank you. Google Ojibwe Spirit Ponies, I believe, because okay. they are smaller. Um, I'm sure it'll come up if you do horses too. But Okay, thank you. Yeah. And I just want to um, respond to what you said. Uh, you know, it's been an, uh, a privilege and an honor to work with um, some Indigenous community members this year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm changing or need to change any narratives for them. I think the narratives that are changing and that need to be changed mm-hmm. are with non-Indigenous people. Um, so I just wanted to... Interesting. Can yeah. I counter? Yeah. Re- well, obviously, respectfully. Um, my partner has had the pleasure of playing with Susan Glukark, who is Inuit. And I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, um, so please take that with kindness. Mm-hmm. And she talks in her concerts... Um, she educates in her concerts, pardon me, in between every single t- uh, song, she's talking mm-hmm. about changing the narrative and mm-hmm. that in this process, she's helping change uh, the narrative in her own cultures and communities as well, who were fed the same bullshit stories. And so she has worded it in a little bit of a different way than you, that you in fact are doing that work. Yeah, I, I, I really um, respect the need for that within the community, if that's what people are choosing to do, and that's part of their own healing work, if it's necessary for those individuals. But I think for me and my role with Horse Sense North as a non-Indigenous facilitator, I'm holding space for people to be there. If that includes them discussing narratives that they want to discuss as needing changing, okay, great. And if not, great. That's none of my business. I'm really there to be supporting whatever healing is to take place between the horses and them and talk about some um, skills and collaboratively go forward with some healthier ways of interaction, of interacting between each other with the horses. Um, But I think as far as narrative changes within Indigenous communities, that's where it's important that it's not me that's doing it and that it's really put back into the hands that people need to be empowering themselves, not having a non-Indigenous person come and tell them what's what. Cool. I, I love how you frame this. Thank yeah, you. My pleasure. Back to two moons. Back to two moons. So, you know, and in that context, I think it's really important that um, she's there with those uh, people coming as well as anyone, right? I think her story is really important for all humans to have a deeper understanding of the depths of layers of the false narratives that are present to have power and control in ways that are unhealthy mm-hmm. and toxic. And I love that Two Moons herself not only has this history and her genetics, but she's this incredibly big and powerful being in a small body. Mm-hmm. And she is so strong in her mind, in her heart, in her spirit. I think she's an amazing example for anyone. And to have a chance to be working with her is so very fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. What a great addition to your firm. Like I know Kelly has said that. Um, I'm just joining in now and saying it. When I think about... Karen had to get past her anger. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it, took me, well, you have to, it takes a little time to process that stuff. Um, but when, I, when I've heard and been out to your farm, not many times, but have been out there to see your horses, um, it makes me happy to know that each of the horses comes with different strengths, as far as I can tell, um, and presents their energy in different ways. They're not all identical. 
so that anybody that's going, you can have such a variety of characters that could be going. And yet it's like you've got a variety of characters on the farm that are going to say, yeah, you and me mm-hmm. <laughs> and match up, right? Exactly. Yeah. Imagine Good. if our human teachers had yeah. that um, yeah. pleasure or fortune to be able to scan a classroom and be like, okay, for the grade of the good, I think you and I should tag team this one. You yeah. sit this one out. This yes. will be more damage if your energy walks in. Right? Like, it's, oh, that'd be incredible. Maybe not feasible, but go on. Well, that's basically what happens during workshops, especially mm. where, you know, sometimes if the weather's all right, people will walk around outside and be near the herd. Um, they'll have their individual horse experiences later in the day, but mm-hmm. maybe they'll just kind of have a moment to be on the land and be near the horses. And it's amazing what happens and what learning happens Um just with people being near them and watching them and having them come over, the horses come over, with very strong intention about it and looking at people, sometimes breathing people. Mm-hmm. Grace is really skilled at this mm-hmm. where she will really breathe someone. They've forgotten how to breathe maybe a little in their life. Mm-hmm. And she's so powerful in her breath. We say she has like a dragon breath. <laughs> and she will literally do this kind of breathing that like takes over someone's like, body. Oh, wow. And they're almost forced to do it, but in this really loving, supported way. Mm-hmm. So it's so cool to see exactly what you're talking about. This, you know, alternate reality of what learning and healing could look like. Mm-hmm. Being led by the horses. And that's my job as a facilitator, right? This kind of adds to our conversation about what's really my role. And my role is to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That's beautiful. I, I can feel similarly with our dogs in, in this home and this office, actually. Um, you know, having moved out, I will look at the two dogs in the morning and go, okay, I'm, I'm working. Who's coming? Mm-hmm. And one of them will get up like, it, you need to tag me in today. Right, And if Parker sits out, I know he's, quote unquote, seen my agenda and been like, no, you, you got this. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because the other thing too was, is that, you know, we'll be sitting in the living room or having our lunch together. We both have one o'clock clients and we'll look at him like, okay, you know, you be where you need to be. And sometimes he'll choose one over the other. And we think, mm-hmm. okay, the client needs a Parker today, or he'll sit on the couch like, no, this, no. <laughs> That's very true. And, and we are very, very conscious to respect. Yeah. I, I want to say not just the decision, but the inner knowing. Yeah. And, and understand that he's being the leader and dominant by not moving in that situation. Oh, yes. He's dominant. Um, for us to be able to go, good, got the message. Yeah. There's health, an example of healthy dominant that's also being respected by his coworkers, where we don't make ourselves his boss Mm -hmm. in the wrong way. We don't sit in the dominant role in the herder and say, you're the dog, we're the people, you're going here, you're going there. We may have to do that if he's going to the vet, but if it's in relation, like Kelly said, to being present in healing sessions when we're channeling for people, we very much respect where Parker and Winston choose to go Mm -hmm. if they choose to go with each of us or they're saying, no, it's their own time. And they're going into their self-care program. Mm-hmm. I love those examples. And for listeners, 
Um, we're re referencing some of the five roles of a master herder originally created by Linda Kohonov. But I've done some really fun things with those roles, with Linda's permission, to transform them into the five roles of self-care, which is the program Karen just referred to. It's an online automated course that I recently launched. Um, maybe I We're can... so proud of you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> plug, plug away. Um, okay, sure. I'll, I'll take the opportunity. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, so for anyone interested, these five roles originally were created about five roles of masterful leadership, if you will. Mm -hmm. But I've transformed them to kind of have a mirror version. So the five roles of self-care, more like how do we lead ourselves to wellness? So how do we learn these five roles to become masterful leaders for ourselves? Mm -hmm. And this five-week course is broken out into, um, you know, the, the kind of heart of it. So you get the strengths and challenges of the roles. We all have all five of these roles within us. Um, and so you get a really deep understanding of the strengths and challenges associated to each role. Um, we see more of the challenges when we're not using enough of one role or overusing another. So when we're learning to use these roles in balance, that's where we really get the beautiful strengths of the roles coming through in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. And then each modules, which is each week, um, there's a variety of activities, visualizations, um, there's a wellness plan that's rooted in the roles to kind of give that balanced approach to leading ourselves to wellness. But all of it's set up so that you can kind of pick and choose what's right for you. So if you don't have a lot of time, you can have like a 45-minute commitment weekly, which is less than your favorite Netflix show. Mm -hmm. So I tried my best to do it with a busy person in mind, as I can really relate, um, but also knowing that everyone has different things that are going to connect. So I tried to give it a lot of variety um, and I'm so grateful that you let me have a little spot to talk yeah, about it. And, yeah, and beautiful visuals for people who love pen to paper, like all three of us sitting here. Um, there's printouts, there's, there's, um, you can create, you know, digital stuff if you want to do it that way as well. But it, it's really nice because all of the lessons or learnings that you're going to get out of the course, um, you can create that visual reminder for yourself to come back to these things, even when, you know, the module is done or the five weeks, the five weeks are done. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And we will post a link in the descriptor of the show so that people can find that if, uh, if you're interested. Very cool. And um, also, Karen and Kelly were referencing the roles because um, we recently put out a Sips of Sanity together. Yes, we did. Yeah. And I love that kind of other use of the five roles as well, or just maybe a, a deeper dive into the... How, how do we look at these five roles in the context of co-regulation and de-escalation? And actually, this is a perfect segue to continue some story about two moons, because this was incredibly important um, as I worked with her as well as really any horse. But with her, it's kind of neat because this dominant role in particular. So the dominant role is our kind of pushing power, divisive power. It's this direct and protect energy. And many of us are not comfortable utilizing this role for understandable reasons. We've had it used terribly with us. We've mm -hmm. seen it used badly so many times. Um, it can be really easy to just go, I don't want to touch it at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> However, as you might learn, if you dive into the Sips of Sanity or into the Five Rules of Self-Care course, oh, which is called Beyond Self-Care Transformational Program. Thought I'd yep. put it in there. <laughs> Um, if you dive into that Beyond Self-Care course or whatever version of this you end up checking out, you'll see how the dominant is such a key player 
to help us use the other roles in a healthy, balanced way. So this is our ability to say no. This is our ability to set healthy boundaries, to be assertive in a balanced way. We can still be very clear and assertive, but still approach that situation with heart and with awareness. So you don't have to bully. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Or (laughs) self-destruct. Right. Or avoid. (laughs) We could go on and on, right? (laughs) Bingo. Yeah. 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 So this was a really, really, really important piece of how my work with Two Moons has been able to progress. When she first arrived, she's all those wonderful things I described earlier. And she expressed some of her insecurities through a pushiness, being kind of nibbly and bitey, Mm -hmm. and not being necessarily so trustworthy without keeping an eye on her. Mm -hmm. And now she's very soft and gentle and kind still very engaged and spirited she hasn't deadened out Mm -hmm. but she's really transformed in many ways that's what safety does that's right and to get her to that point to create that safety for her i not only me but all those who handle her on a regular basis especially my husband it's mostly him and i we both had to be incredibly consistent with our boundary setting with how we were being assertive with her so that it was not giving her anything to um, really hold a grudge about. Mm -hmm. It just made sense. It was fair. And right away back to being able to connect and even connecting through the boundary setting and the assertiveness. Mm -hmm. So it's so amazing to see how that transforms any horse. I've had this happen many times. But with her, it just feels extra special. Um, her being so young and coming from this incredibly empowered place within herself and yet still a being that has some anxieties. So I think it's important as us humans to remember that whether we're interacting with a horse or a dog or cat or another person, when we're facing that kind of pushiness or that fight response, if you will, in others, that it really is coming from a place of searching for safety whether people are conscious of that or not. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, not to be dismissive, but you're just talking about good parenting. <laughs> good leadership in government, yeah. good leadership in yes. school systems, work systems. I mean, all we spent the whole week in steps of sanity talking about in all of the different mm-hmm. aspects of the lesson that you're talking about that can be applied in every single kind of a relationship. Yeah. What's been so fun with with Two Moons is seeing her progression with us and now seeing how she's been able to step into some of a teaching role, utilizing that amazing strength and her pushiness, but in a contained way so that she feels safe in those activities. But she's also not going to just give it to you because. Mm -hmm. So she's a really great teacher with new people whether they're new to horses or not, but just new to her, mm-hmm. especially because she's so cute <laughs> uh-huh. and little. <laughs> and you think like, oh, this is so much fun. And it is fun if you're willing to meet her where she's at and actually access our inner power. Mm-hmm. But if it's hard to do that for us, it's going to be a little bit of a challenging experience. So she's a really great teacher for those kinds of activities right off the bat. 
and I can see how much she just loves it. One day, mm. she um, got a little bit too pushy. And so I ended up just doing a little demonstration with her. It was still a very nice experience for her and I, because I knew a little bit more what to do. I have a lot of body memory with it, and I don't get intimidated. So it was fine to meet her where she was at that day. But I knew it wasn't going to be okay for participants to work with her. So we invited her just for the demo that day. But she knew that she blew it. She was leaving the arena and putting the brakes on every couple of steps, going, oh. Oh, wait, no, I... I'll do better. I can I can do it differently. And then as she's heading back to the barn, she's still stopping in the parking lot, looking back. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, can I go? Like, yes. it, to yeah. me, signifies a, a very yeah. cute, but um, a very realistic tantrum. Yeah. Right? That a lot of us throw, especially in our in our younger years, where it might look that we're, we're um, fighting or we're railing against something, but the tantrum is really that, that expression of disappointment, either with ourselves, the situation, the outcome, and feeling like, oh, no, now I don't have a second chance. I'm being escorted to my room. Exactly. Yeah. Or the corner or the doghouse or whatever it is <laughs> that you need to figuratively or literally. Or I missed that opportunity and I'm going to regret that in my life. Mm-hmm. Remorse is a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like, and I'm saying that not as a punishment to mm-hmm. her. I'm saying that if we literally sit in our remorse, if if two moons feels remorseful, if she totally, because it means we have to own it, so she has to sit there and own it. I'm walking back here, not because they don't love me, not because I'm not safe, mm-hmm. not because they didn't know how to set boundaries and be good, healthy human beings, but because I wasn't being the best version of me. And so now I am remorseful about it. And when I am given another opportunity, I will earn their respect back. And that is a healthy process for growth. So she, like you said, she's really literally illustrating that, yeah, you you could mess something up, but when somebody is healthy, they will give you a way back to them. But there is, you need patience. The temper tantrum is just temporary. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened the following week, because the next mm. week there was another opportunity for her to step into that role. Yeah. And boy, did she bring her A game. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, gross. See, and there's your there's your healthy remorse that she takes the lesson from it and says, I don't want to feel that again. I want I want to avoid that feeling. It requires that I behave this way or do other things that are actually healthy. And that's how you get someone to behave in a healthy way without having to criticize, um, diminish their value, shame them. Or try to take them down in their their esteem. Not once did I hear that you or your staff or Aquila shamed her. Not once, Carmen. Mm -hmm. So you allow her to walk away in remorse, not shame. And when we do that, when we do not shame the person, they can walk back to us being fully capable now to show up. When we shame them, it is far harder for them to come back without the shame and try in our presence to earn back the place they want. That was so beautifully put. Thank you. I've, I've had the walk of shame, and then I've had the beautiful opportunity to have the walk of remorse. Mm. 
and I know the difference between the two walks and what they mean to your soul and, and ultimately to your relationships. And these skills that we're talking about that I think help us navigate that within ourselves mm-hmm. so that when we, so we can actually do the walk of remorse instead of shame, even if people around us are not shaming us at all. Sometimes we do that to ourselves mm-hmm. terribly. Um, or, you know, I think connected, not even or, just and, when we're developing our skill set to step into a healthy version of the dominant role where it's really in balance, where we're really using it act to actually enhance connection, mm-hmm. to enhance safety, to enhance relationship. These are the skills that I love collaborating with others the most. These are the skills that I love exploring the most. Mm-hmm. With the help of the horses, I think there's something really important about embodying this kind of learning. We can talk about it all day long, but until we actually embody it in some way, it's not going to stick. It's actually like going to the to the gym and strengthening our physical muscles for these kinds of skill sets. And embodiment might look like actually, you know, setting our boundaries with a person. But it can also look like setting our boundaries with a horse because when we learn how to do that with a thousand pound creature, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to transfer that into our human lives. So um, I just, it, it just gives me so much joy to see the progression of our herd, to strengthen my own muscles with them, and then to offer a protected space for others to go to that kind of emotional strength training dream, gym. Mm-hmm. Cool. I was going to say, Carmen, that I know some humans that could give that 1,000-pound horse a run for their money <laughs> in terms of how they would challenge another person to their growth and to their lessons and learning. But I take your point. <laughs> and I think that's where the horses are so amazing at teaching us this too. I, I understand it's not for every single person. If you really don't want to do it, then it's not good to force you to be with a horse. But for anyone who's has some kind of inkling, I think this is where it's really fun because there's also that driving goal of like wanting the horse to like you. Oh. <laughs> wanting to have this experience where the horse connects with you for mm-hmm. real. And the horse exercises I do, the horses are always at liberty. So if they don't want to be near you, they're not going to be. And they're really acting as these honest mirrors um, a wonderful woman named Jane Middleton Moss, I've heard her say that, where, you know, horses are these honest mirrors. So if we're showing up ready to give that thousand pound horse a piece of our mind, mm. they're going to show up with an equally important lesson for us, especially when we're working with partners, horse partners who have done a lot of their healing and growth. I'm not talking about horses that have just come from traumatic experiences and are in that fawning response to seek safety like a people-pleasing thing, or they're shut down, or they're just kind of dead to the world. Those are not good partners for this work. There's a lot of different kinds of work like this that's out there. And sometimes I think horses are used more as tools instead of actual healthy partners. But when we can find partnerships with horses that have really come into themselves, really feel empowered in all aspects of their lives, then not only do they want to do this work most of the time, not every horse, but most of them. Um, now we get some really important lessons with them because they're not going to take our bullshit. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's good. So all that to circle back around to how important I think our self-work is 
how important I think our self-care and learning and growth and healing is. Um, part of why I love spending time with both of you so much, not only as your amazing professional selves, um, but as friends who so clearly do your own work. It makes it such a joy to spend time with you for that reason. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It means I, a lot. Yeah, it does. I think um, we're on the same page in that, in that uh, our purpose clearly is to encourage people and provide people with tons of resources, um, not just our own opinion on things, but other people's opinion as to what self-work looks like. Because it's so broad, eh, Carmen? Like, there's just so many aspects of it. And I know that some people still think, and there's nothing wrong with getting your nails done and doing your hair. Those things are good self-care things to do. But they stop at that and think that is their self-work. That is it. And it's that's there's so much more to be had. So thank you for sharing about two moons and spring and grace and flurry and peyote. Have I got them all? Uh, Atticus. Atticus. And oh my grace. God. How did I fit? Oh Just my five. God. I forgot. <laughs> Why did I think I said all five? Okay. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it is. It's a beautiful mouthful. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I'm just so grateful to have a chance to gush about our herd a little bit and to share about what's been going on. And, and if people want to break out of that uh, thinking box about what self-care is, I think, you know, that's where the program might come in handy. And also checking out um, your Patreon account, becoming mm -hmm. a patron and actually doing that work with you guys. You do similar mm -hmm. uh, work with similar intention, maybe not similar work, but connected intention. emotionally intelligent yeah, yeah absolutely exactly. mm -hmm. thank you um exactly. i wanted to say too like i'm i'm really thinking about two moons uh, even as the conversation has kind of gone in different directions you know when you're discovering the self through self-care you're coming back to your own identity mm -hmm. right and that you're you're healing those pieces of your own dna those pieces of your cells within you and for all of us to discover and for two moons to rediscover her DNA and her, you know, who she is in the, the existential kind of question, I think it's really important. Mm. So I love that that story mm -hmm. wove into other points that we're trying to make in, in today's show. Me too. And I, I think what's so amazing about two moons and how she can be kind of a, a guiding being for us is that... I don't think she's ever had to rediscover who she is. She knows exactly mm -hmm. who she is. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's made her so empowered. I think that's what helps her be so in her body, so clear, so determined, um, mm -hmm. and with such a sense of humor about it sometimes. And in some ways, she's experienced less trauma in this life than many of our other horses have. She's more of a, um, not fully, of course, she's had years and I'm sure felt misunderstood in different ways, but many of the horses at our farm have significant trauma in their history, mm -hmm. really big T trauma. And it's so fun to see two moons right away knowing who she is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where I heard it or read it, but maybe it was in a, a show of mine where it said, you are not your last mistake, right? That's not who you are. Mm -hmm. And I love it because you're talking about her, you know, having a little 
blip in her conduct and being like, ah, no, I'll do better. I can do that differently. <laughs> right. And, and recognizing maybe not rediscovering, and maybe that's where my wording was wrong, not rediscovering who she is, but hmm. being reminded that my last mistake is not who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still have these big qualities and personalities that can be used in healthy ways. Yeah. And I just want to add for anyone who's listening who may have experienced trauma themselves, uh, let you know that our other herd members who have been through really massive things in their life that were really, really painful and fragmenting have really come back to themselves Mm -hmm. and have Mm -hmm. done remarkable journeys of healing on their own. And that's why they're such incredible healers and teachers in this work as they've really come back to knowing who they are as well. Is it okay if I add that while I know that you and Aquila are not the ones to fix their trauma, that two people who loved them put health professionals in their path mm. to help heal their trauma? And I'm saying that because you're speaking to the big T trauma individuals. They had a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did their own work, but they did it with a team. Yeah. Did it with a team and consistency mm-hmm. in every area where Aquila and I, between visits with their chiropractor or vet or whoever was it was, or with either of you as part of their professional team. Thank you. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that Aquila and I, every single day and every moment of interaction with them, we are doing our best to interact with them in healthy ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is where when you go to the chiropractor or you go to the doctor or the physio and they give you the stretches to do or they tell you to sit and pull your shoulders back and tuck your chin in and as you're doing your podcast, you pop back from the mic and you remember, oh, shoulders back, uh, chin tucked in. Yes, I must remember to do those versus I'm not going to do them. Um, Even though the professional and the knowledge is there, I can if I choose to. I know that, but I don't do it. You're talking about Carmen and Aquila? I'm yeah. yeah. I and I well, I'm also saying for people listening how important it is for them to learn about what she's saying mm-hmm. and not be the people that get the knowledge, know how to do this and then don't do it. Yeah. It's going back to what all three of us always talk about, it's doing the dirty work. Exactly. Thank you. Just a huge thank you for Mm -hmm. physically being here in person. We know that that is a Mm. big ask of people in this day and age and this climate. Um, So to to choose to be here is is a compliment and an honor. It certainly is. We know you traveled to come here as well to be able to do the podcast in person. So thank you. It's a pleasure. Happy Saturday, everyone. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.